Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings. With Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. It's been a long week. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We've both, like, actually had things going on this week, so that's fun, but... (laughs) I know. I'm so lame. I'm, like, 90 years old, and I have one busy week, and I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I know. I went out last night. Yeah, you went out last night. That takes dedication. And then I had work at, like, 9 this morning, and I was just like, I'm so tired. (laughs) Did it bring you back to college? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, we got to see each other last weekend. Yeah, we did. So fun. So great. So, do you want to tell the people what we're going to talk about this week? Yeah. So, this week, we have a very special spooky road trip slash history lesson episode for you all. Yeah. Yeah. So, last week, we met up with my sister Jackie and some other pals for a fun little trip to Salem, Massachusetts. Ever heard of her? I've heard of her. (laughs) I think everybody has at this point. I Um, hope so. (laughs) But when you think of Salem, your first thoughts are probably about the witch trials and haunted houses. But we promise there is so much more going on. Oh, yeah. That's like a minuscule amount of the history in Salem. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, it's great for tourism. So (laughs) keep going. Buy your Harry Potter wands there if you want. They have a whole Harry Potter store. They have a great crystal store. This is true. Don't go there um, on the weekend. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people there on the weekend. <laughs> I got overwhelmed and left. <laughs> yeah. So for a little bit of background, my sister Jackie went to Salem State University and actually just graduated in December with a degree in history. So she was nice enough to create a little tour for us. So thank you very much to Jackie. Yes, thank you, Jackie. Yeah, and she sent us her notes and her sources, so a lot of this is from that, and then we just added to a whole bunch of it to make it longer for you guys, and let's look at this thing. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, because obviously you aren't standing in front of these places with us. (laughs) Yeah. So before we begin our little history lesson, here's a little bit from Wikipedia about Salem. Quote, Salem is a historic coastal city in Essex County, Massachusetts, located in the North Shore region. Continuous settlement by Europeans began in 1626, and Salem would become one of the most significant seaports in early American history. Salem is a residential and tourist area that is home to the House of Seven Gables, Salem State University, Pioneer Village, and the Salem Maritime National Historic Site, Salem Willows, and the Peabody Essex Museum. Much of the city's cultural identity reflects its role as the location of the infamous Salem Witch Trials of 1692. As featured in Arthur Miller's The Crucible. Which if you took high school English, you probably read. Yeah, I know we didn't in my town, but. uh, We did. Yeah. I wasn't overly enthused by it. (laughs) It's a play. It's hard to read a play in book four. Oh, yeah. So. Police cars are adorned with witch logos, a public elementary school is known as Witchcraft Heights, and the Salem High School athletic teams are named the Witches. (laughs) (laughs) Gallows Hill was once believed to be the site of many public hangings. It is now a park 
and is used as a playing field for various sports. I have a question. Yes. Is it used as a playing field for ghost sports or human sports or both? Vampire baseball. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. There's definitely ghosts there. I wonder if the ghosts play sports too. They play, uh, what is it, like hoop and stick? Yeah. And they go on picnics. Yes. (laughs) I also just would like to add that the Peabody Essex Museum owns and maintains several of the historic sites in the downtown Salem area. The Salem Maritime National Historic Site is owned by the National Park Service and includes a beautiful visitor center as well as a variety of maritime historical sites on the waterfront. We have a lovely picture that will describe where Salem is geographically in Massachusetts for those of who don't understand for this little lesson on founding of Salem. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> in 1626, Roger Conant and a group of immigrants from Cape Ann founded the city of Salem. It was then known as Namkeg, Namakeg, after the Namakeg first people, but settlers referred to it as Salem, which is derived from the Hebrew word for peace, or shalom. Shalom. Yeah. Quote, the territory of Namakeg Indians was primarily Essex County, Massachusetts. The name is said to refer to fishing place from namas, fish, and ki, place. End quote. And that is from Wikipedia. Beautiful. The name Namakeg, modern usage, is often used to refer to the original name for Salem, Massachusetts. Their largest tribal village was located near Salem, but the Native American use for this term applied to the people, not the place. Interesting. Right, because they didn't believe in owning, or they don't believe in owning places. Yeah, which we'll get into a little bit. Yes. Later. <laughs> But (laughs) the Namakeg first people would not be allowed to stay in Salem for long. As we know how it goes. Yes. Those freaking colonizers. Mm Mm-hmm. 1628, Massachusetts Bay Company arrives and relieves the struggling Namakeg settlement. John Endicott leads a group of settlers to lay ground for thousands of Puritans and... If you've heard of Endicott College, which is in Beverly in the North Shore. My darling sister graduated from there this year. Yeah. Both of our sisters went North Shore. So cute. So close yet so far. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Puritans were English Protestants who wanted to restore the Church of England and remove influences of Roman Catholic. Catholicism and left England because they were not satisfied with the recent church reform and wanted to start anew. In 1929, the town of Salem is issued a charter by the monarch of England, giving them the rights and autonomy to self-rule. Which was totally a big deal back then. Yeah, they were like really one of the first like big cities Truly. <laughs> right, and they were independent and allowed to govern themselves, which was huge. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, now we get to talk about Salem trade. Woo! In 1637, the first Salem ship sails to the West Indies to trade salted cod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
likely to merchants who would feed this old, dried, nasty cod to enslaved populations. Oh, yeah. They would have traded the cod and brought back either rum, spices, or enslaved African or Caribbean natives back to Salem. Which we hate. (laughs) Yes. Except for the spices and rum rum part. Yeah. They should have just stuck to that. I think eventually, I don't think I ever talk about it really, but the Peabody Essex Museum actually has a huge collection of china from china and like different pottery and glassware and everything from other asian countries and i think it has to do with the trade routes as well oh interesting yeah there is also a spice museum in salem which next time i visit we'll have to go to because i think that's pretty cool yeah we walked by it and it was it wasn't open (laughs) so the whole time we were in Salem, it was off and on, like, torrentially downpour, thunderstorming, or sprinkling, or really sunny. So, <laughs> it was soggy as hell. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of mosquitoes, and it was it was interesting. It was a really great time, but we were soggy. Um, <laughs> so, we didn't... But soggy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, this whole trade with the West Indies, basically established Salem's whole economy. Oh, yeah. Selling salted cod. Salem was the biggest marine port before Boston even became established. And Mm -hmm. everyone globally, basically, was eating Salem cod. Yeah. Yeah. Much of Salem is filled in land, so a lot of it used to be ocean. Mm Mm-hmm. And now behind the town hall on Essex Street is where... The water used to be, like the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's where they would dry out the salted cod. So they'd take it right out of the ocean and dry it. Slap it right down. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it smelled great. Yeah. And fun fact, the original ocean wall still exists behind the dumpster at Salem Beer Works. <laughs> yeah, which is no longer Salem Beer Works. They closed during COVID. Not sure what's going in there, but... It's also next to the um, American Pirate Museum. (laughs) Yeah, next time we have to visit that, too. Yeah, but, I mean, if you also know anything about Boston in general, most of Back Bay is completely filled in. So, like, they did that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You did get to see that little piece of wall, though, behind the dumpster. Yeah, it was Which is crazy, because it's so freaking old. Yeah. In 1637, the Charter Street Cemetery, or Old Burying Point Cemetery, was created and is actually the oldest burying ground in Salem since the foundation of the United States after being colonized. There's obviously burial grounds for First Nations people and Native Americans, but this is the oldest like official burying ground in Salem and the second oldest in the United States. Yeah. We even confirmed that. We did a lot of Google searching. We did a lot. And it's very interesting because the oldest is in Duxbury, Massachusetts, and it was started in 1638. So I think that's probably when they buried people and that the Charter Street Cemetery, they just didn't bury people till after 1638. Right. They were very close. <laughs> I think they like picked a plot of land and then they had to 
maybe wait for someone to die. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was an abundance of death back then, so I don't really know how it worked. Oh, yeah. Everyone in this cemetery is actually historically significant, pretty much. This is where they buried John Hawthorne, who was the judge from the witch trials. One of the judges from the witch trials. Yeah, he's... There was eight of them. (laughs) Yeah, he's one of the more famous ones. Yes. The, quote, witches were not actually buried in the cemetery, but the Salem Witch Memorial is right, like, it is right next to it they touch. And it's actually really lovely. I liked it. It was cute. Uh, Yeah, it was very lovely. And it we're was not raining talk- during that part. <laughs> yeah. It was thundering though. <laughs> yep. Aggressively. Oh yeah. And I mean but. we're not gonna talk a lot about we're gonna talk a little bit about the Salem Witch Trials, but we are gonna actually do Salem Witch Trials episode or episodes when the fall and October come. So we're not leaving it out. We're just gonna do it. We will a- highlight it today, but we won't go into great detail. Yeah. So, now we get to talk about the Clue House, which this is something I had no idea about before this little tour that Jackie gave us. Yeah. So, the Gardner Pingree House in Salem is the house where the game Clue from Hasbro was inspired by a real murder that happened. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's now owned by the Peabody Essex Museum. We didn't go in it, but we did see the outside of it. Yes, we did. It's very beautiful. It was very pretty. It's exactly how you would picture the house from Clue, like via the on the outside anyway. Yeah. But anyway, in 1830, Captain Joseph White was the owner of this house and he wanted to revamp his will. I don't know if there was family drama or what was going on. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, someone heard about this and snuck into the house through the tunnels and murdered him. So Salem is connected underground by tunnels. Yes. Which is also spooky as heck. I'm sure there's so many ghosts down there. I know. Well, there are. Yeah. Jackie's um, partner, Jake, lovely, lovely human. Um, He was telling us about the ghosts he's met and interacted with in the walk-in freezer at his workplace, which is the Rockefeller bar and restaurant, I guess. We'll have to have him on for our October episode. Oh, yeah. He can tell his little story. Yes. (laughs) But anyway, this murder inspired Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart, which is one of the only Edgar Allan Poe stories that I know, and it's creepy. Yeah. (laughs) If you guys don't remember, it's the one at the floorboards and the weird eye and yeah, that, if that rings any bells. <laughs> but there was a ton of speculation around who could have killed Mr. White. And many were jealous of the money that he was making through the slave trade. Although slavery at that point in 1830 was already illegal in Massachusetts, they did not police interactions that occurred elsewhere. So they could bring slaves from Africa or the Caribbean or wherever to somewhere else as long as they did not bring them back to Massachusetts. Yeah. 
So allegedly Captain White gave a lot of extra attention to his niece that he lived with. Mm. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) So that being said, some say there's a bunch of theories. Some say that his nephew killed him out of jealousy. Some say that it could have been the niece's fiance. (laughs) And (laughs) some say it was a jealous competitor trying to basically get rid of the competition in the slave trade. Mm. And some other people think it could have been a mercy kill because maybe Captain White was sick. (laughs) But nobody knows. Yeah, and Jackie said that she did a tour of it, and apparently it was Colonel Mustard in the bedroom with a candlestick or something. Something like that. I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, so something along those lines is the official answer, but who knows. (laughs) I just thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. Game clue. (laughs) Same. It's so fun. It is so fun. So, in 1675, the witch house is completed, which is a house that you can go to. Um, It was the home of Judge Jonathan Corwin, who was a judge that presided over the Salem witch trials. And only some of the preliminary questioning for one of the witch trials was held there. So, it really shouldn't be called the witch house yeah, it's definitely a misnomer. No yeah. witches ever lived there. No witches lived there. No witches died there. No witches were tried there. Nothing really ever happened. Jackie says it really should just be called the judge. Not, it should be the Jonathan Corman house or Judge Jonathan Corman house. There's certain things you do just to um, bring in tourism too, which I guess makes sense. But yeah, um, but the house is definitely actually haunted because there. It was rumored that there was a enslaved girl who died in the attic because she was left behind when um, the family that was living there fled at one point. And also many other children died there, too. Not from abuse. You, I mean, it could have been from abuse, but it's also very typical of children to be dying at that time because died of diarrhea back then at the age of four and that was it it's basically everywhere yeah <laughs> you've ever played oregon trail <laughs> <laughs> so i shouldn't laugh that's very tragic and there's it is ghosts that haunt the area yeah but moving on in 1686 a salem selectman purchased land that is today the towns of Salem, Peabody, and Danvers. So it's a really big area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From the heirs of the Namakeg tribe for 20 pounds. And as Jackie pointed out to us, this really didn't mean anything to us or to them. Yeah. All they could do was use the money to purchase iron pots and materials to make into arrowheads. But they also probably weren't aware that they would be required in turn to leave the land because they didn't really understand the concept of owning land. Yeah. They, they kind of were like, land. yeah, they were kind of like, okay, cool. You're giving us money so you can stay here and didn't really understand like, Oh, we're giving up this space and we have to go now. <laughs> so at the time that whole 
Salem, Peabody, and Danvers was all just Salem. Yeah. It's one big city. Yep. The Salem Witch Trials begin in 1692. Yep. And this is the event that Salem is the most well-known for. And over a period of just three months' time, 19 innocent people, 14 women, and five men were hanged, and one man was pressed to death. It was a time of hysteria when courts believed in the devil, spectral evidence, and teenage girls. The trials ceased when Governor William Phipps disbanded the court after his wife was accused of being a witch herself. A superior court judiciary formed to replace the court of Oyer and Terminer and did not allow spectral evidence. The new court released those awaiting trial and pardoned those awaiting execution. The trials were over. One of the theories that caused this whole witch paranoia accusations is economic dispute on how to break up the lands between Danvers and Salem. So the women that were accused were typically from wealthy families on the Danvers side, and the accusers were of poor families on the Salem side. And there was already superstition about witches from learning of their enslaved population's beliefs, so that was an easy excuse. The Old Town Hall building is said to have held tortured children in the basement during this time and is super, super haunted as many people, young and old, were violently murdered here and tried to be witches when they weren't. And yeah. It's featured in Hocus Pocus. Yeah, it's also where they have the big dance in Hocus Pocus and they put a spell on you. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, there is a lot of theories on what caused the Salem witch trials and all of that hysteria. And I personally believe there is definitely something spooky going on, but we'll get more into that in October. Yep, I'm just going to make you wait until October to hear my theory. Oh, yeah. I'll leave you hanging. <laughs> And I do want to talk about another creepy case of note that I stumbled upon while doing research. Yeah. Because I thought it was interesting because it was well before the Salem Witch Trials. Mm -hmm. So in 1638, the Dorothy Talby trial took place, which was an early American example of a trial of an insane woman at a time where the insane were treated no differently from ordinary criminals. So this lady had severe mental health problems, as you'll see when I tell you about the rest of her case. Also, Morgan's not calling this woman insane. It's a quote from... It's a quote, I promise. <laughs> we know it's not actually insanity. No. <laughs> she had shit going on. Exactly. What I would probably guess is schizophrenia, but... Yeah. Um, obviously, in 1638, they didn't know about that, so everything was demons. Yeah. Talby was hanged in 1639 for killing her three-year-old daughter because she claimed that God told her to do so. So, although Puritan Governor John Winthrop of the Massachusetts Bay Colony saw Talby as possessed by Satan, the penalty for murder was death. Yeah, so I just I just thought I would mention that because that's 
kind of the first documented case of basically an insanity plea. Yeah, or what should have been. <laughs> or what should have been an insanity plea. And I uh, just had never heard of it, so I thought it was <laughs> worth mentioning. While we were walking the streets of Salem last weekend, <laughs> <laughs> my dear, lovely, then very hungover partner, Tyler, <laughs> had a lot of questions about the bricks. <laughs> Like a lot of old New England towns, there's an abundance of brick streets and cobblestones and structures in Salem. But obviously none of us had answers to his brick questions. (laughs) But we couldn't leave it unresearched. So, and as it turns out, Salem has ties to historical brick making. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like such a weird coincidence. (laughs) It was wild. I know. So the first bricks made in this country date to 1612 and were actually made in Virginia. Hmm. However, in 1629, the first brick kiln in the United States was erected in Salem, Massachusetts. And brick making was introduced to New England. And if you think about how many freaking bricks were in New England, are in New England still. Mm -hmm. that That first brick killing in Salem really started something. (laughs) Just Boston is just bricks. (laughs) Yeah. So that part really isn't that important, but it just, oh my gosh, it was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) When you discovered that there's an actual tie to bricks. (laughs) Oh yeah. The best part was he looks down and goes, Jackie, so are these like, how old are these bricks? (laughs) (laughs) She was like, um... (laughs) old (laughs) she's like uh no clue (laughs) yeah (laughs) but anyway (laughs) now you know the more you know exactly the darby wharf construction started in 1762 And this is where the merchant ships would dock from all over the world one of these ships was the friendship uh, friendship never dies. No. But wait. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the friendship was a 171-foot, three-masted East Indiaman trading ship that was built in 1797. She made more than a dozen trips around the world, bringing back goods to Salem each time. Sadly, the friendship was taken by the British during the War of 1812 and stripped yeah. for parts. It was named friendship. the Friendship. Why'd you rip apart friendship? Well, we just learned via Snapchat. We're recording this on Friday, the 30th of July. And today is apparently National Friendship Day. So So happy Friendship Day. Take that as you will. (laughs) To the friendship. The British are not our friends. So take that as you will, either in the form of merchant ship or in the form of ties with friends. (laughs) In 2000, a new friendship of Salem was commissioned and constructed and constructed <laughs> and is now docked in Salem and boats around. I saw it with my very own eyeballs. Yeah, we thought it was like the OG one. I was like, it looks really good for like the original yeah. ship. Which in hindsight was probably pretty dumb of us. But <laughs> yeah, I like didn't I just believe got so it. excited that it was called the friendship. <laughs> Yeah. And we had just been rained on again, so. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. All right. Another 
form of transportation we're talking about now. In 1838, the Eastern Railroad line from Boston to Salem was opened, and a railroad tunnel was dug under Washington Street, which is one of the main streets in Salem. The Eastern Railroad was a railroad connecting Boston, Massachusetts to Portland, Maine, once it was done construction. And throughout its history, it competed with the Boston, Boston and Maine Railroad for service between the two cities until the Boston and Maine Railroad put an end to the competition by leasing out the Eastern Railroad in December 1884. Mm. That's one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Much of the railroad's main line in Massachusetts is still used by the M- MBTA's Newper- Newburyport slash Rockport commuter rail line. Yeah. Which is cool. And some unused parts of its right-of-way have now been converted to rail trails, which is also cool. Everybody yeah. loves a rail trail. Love rails. Trails. Love some outdoor recreation. Oh yeah. And um, the Boston to Maine is the Amtrak down easter. Oh. It's still used. I used to take it from UNH to the Woburn or to Boston stations all yeah. the time. And then the commuter rails, like these stations and railways, are still like actively used, like a zillion times a day. Um, my cousin's husband used to take the commuter rail from Beverly into Boston every day. Interesting. Yeah. In 1854, the Salem Normal School was founded with the help of Horace Mann. Today, oh, the nurse. Oh, Horace Mann. <laughs> <laughs> Today, the Normal School is just known as Salem State University or SSU. Where my sister went. Yeah, represent. For reference, a normal school is just a teaching college, and the Salem Normal School was strictly open for only women until 1896 when it became co-ed. But still, their numbers for men enrolling in teaching school was pretty low at that point. SSU offers a whole bunch more programs now, but it is still pretty well known for teaching And they also have a really great graduate program for social work. I think it's the only public, like, state school in Massachusetts that has a social work program. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Charlotte Fortman graduated in 1856, and she was the first woman of color to move south to help educate the recently freed individuals after the Civil War. In 1914, the Great Salem Fire took place. This is crazy. Yeah. So this Great Salem Fire, which is what it's known as, there's like books and a whole bunch of stuff on it. Literally like what, like whole blog posts. It took place on June 25th and destroyed about a third of the city. Yet somehow it left all of the historical landmarks intact. Many speculate that if this fire was supernatural because of how it skirted around all of the buildings and sites that were connected to the witch trials. Spooky! So we will 100% cover this in more depth when we cover the Salem witch trials, just because... Yeah, there's theories of, like, why and how it's connected. But I tried to find a picture of, like, 
how much and like where this fire actually burned around Salem. But all of the pictures were too fuzzy for me to look at. So I'm going to dig again. And if you see one on the Instagram, super cool. I found it. If not, I didn't find it. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have it up on Insta for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is kind of spooky. Yeah. There's a map or there's like a little display at the Salem Visitor Center, the National Park Service Visitor Center. Mm -hmm. Um, And it shows it on that. It was crazy. I'll have to go to their website then probably. Yeah. So jumping forward about 100 years and then back about again in a little bit. But (laughs) in 2013, President Barack Obama signs legislation recognizing Salem as the birthplace of the National Guard. Yeah. Which, super cool. Wouldn't have known that if I hadn't read that sign on the street, but... Me neither. (laughs) So all the information that I got for this is just literally a direct quote from Wikipedia on Salem. So... (laughs) Yep. In 1637, the first muster was held on Salem Common, where, for the first time, a regiment of militia drilled for the common defense of a multi-community area, thus laying the foundation for what became the Army National Guard. In 1637, the General Court of Massachusetts Bay Colony ordered the organization of the colony's militia companies into the North, South, and East regiments. The colonists adopted the English militia system, which obligated men between the ages of 16 and 60 to own arms and take part in the community's defense. That's a big age range. (laughs) Yeah, I also didn't think many people lived to 60 back then, but I guess that's probably like saying like 18 to 80 now. But interesting. Each April, the Second Corps of Cadets gather in front of St. Peter's Episcopal Church, where the body of their founder, Stephen Abbott, is buried. They lay wreath, play taps, and fire a 21-gun salute. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that is all that we have, I think. I think so, too, for now. We'll be back in October. I mean, we'll be back. Then, but <laughs> yeah, we'll be back to talking about Salem in October, and we definitely have to go see um, what is it, Pioneer Village, and yes, all, all sorts of the other things that we didn't know, but Not also, in October, though, so we'll have to go soon, <laughs> yeah. So it's a little overwhelming for me to go in October, so we won't be doing that, but <laughs> but we'll at least do research, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I hope you guys like this episode. Sorry that it's a little choppy. We're tired. Yeah, it's been a long week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know the deal. And as always, stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. We're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod, on Twitter at Monday Mornings P, and we have a Facebook page. I mostly use Instagram. I'm trying to get better at the others. I mostly don't use any of them because I hate social media, but I do check the Twitter occasionally. So, word. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up. <laughs> yeah. 
If you have questions or topics that you'd like to have covered in a future episode, hit us up wherever. Probably not Facebook, though, because I don't check that ever. But yeah, you can also email us list. at mondaymorningspod at gmail.com. Yeah. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us on iTunes, please. And tell your friends. Tell your friends. friends. Really I told all thing. my friends that I made at a concert this week. Yeah. So you can tell your friends, too. <laughs> I already told my friends. You guys can tell your friends. True. Um, <laughs> yeah, share us. Maybe someone will click on us. <laughs> As always, start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.